I came up with some cool ones, so here's the first cool one, ready to go. She is the closest female in ministry that reminds me of me. Um, and her creativity and her, her gift of preaching. Um, she's the closest I've seen thus far. Um, but for, for the young ladies in here, she is a powerful woman of faith. Um, a heart for women learning that which is God's desire will for them is at the forefront of her thinking every time she does the work she does for God. Uh, and that's one of those things about her that I do love and appreciate. But I love and appreciate because in all these years, she's still been my friend. Uh, and so I speak her today, y'all, as a powerful preacher, pastor, and just a true Man, what other deep title can I give you? Let me see. <laughs> Pull something to five, folks. She, she's definitely an evangelist. Both, but I know one. For 2018, she is truly a prophetic woman of the faith. What a prophetic word. And our speaker today is going to bless us after this song. I want you all to open your minds, your ears, and your hearts to the prophetic word and preaching of my friend, Pastor Nikki Nicole Jackson. Amen. Thank you. 
and coming to pray me through some really rough moments. You know what I'm saying? So, but I brought her today, and they start looking at me a little strange. The car is right up front, so you can just get it ready for it. Oh, will y'all pray with me now? Father God, we are so grateful for this space of grace. This space that means so much to us week after week, God. This is the space where your word will flow. This is the space where you will talk to your people, God. And there are people in this room today who certainly need a word from you. Father God, I can feel the pain and the hurt, the tension, God. I can feel the need to hear from you this morning. And so I beg of you, God, just move me right out the way. God, just move me right out the way. Look past God, everything that I'm dealing with right now in this moment, Father God, and see the need of your people. Yes, Preach this word, God, God, with power, Father God, and with intention. Yes. Father God, I pray that as this word would enter their hearts, God, and they would meditate on it, Father God, that you would speak to them, each and every one, to their individual needs. Yes. Yes, and so, God, I move out the way. And I know that this moment is completely and totally yours. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Yes. Amen. Amen. Going to uh, begin by reading the scripture. Um, this morning I will be coming from John chapter 13. And we will be reading verses 12 through 20. This text, uh, it's, it's rich with a lot of stuff. So we're going to read verse 12 through 20, but I'm going to talk about some things that happened a little bit before these verses and a little bit after. If when you get home, how many of y'all enjoy some quiet time with God? Y'all have a little time of reading and meditation, devotion, and stuff like that. When you get home this week, I really invite you to get into this chapter. It will bless you. It absolutely will. Um, we can start at verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Yeah. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master. Nor is the messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, yes. you will be blessed if you do them. Yes. You will be blessed if you do them. Yes. I am not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen. But this is to fulfill the passage of scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. I am telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send, accepts me. And whoever accepts me, accepts the one who sent me. Yes. Got a few questions for you all this morning. Tell me who you're loyal to. Does it start with your woman or your man? Does it end with your family or your friends? Or are you loyal to yourself in advance? I said, tell me who you're loyal to. Is it anybody that you would lie for? Anybody you would slide for? Anybody you would die for? This was God's for. Perhaps you recognize these questions as the lyrics to a popular song by Kendrick Lamar featuring Rihanna. In this song called Loyalty, Kendrick describes his desire for total commitment. 
whether that be from his friends or from his boo things, he needs loyalty. As a matter of fact, he says, all I want is, all I want is loyalty. Hagar, who grew up in the streets of Compton during the drug late 80s and watched dope things betray their own kin for adults. Hagar, who watched his friends die in the streets in gang wars, watched his idols like Tupac make videos for the song California Love and then die on the Vegas Strip. Hagar, who changed his name to Kendrick Lamar after giving his life to Christ and transforming the way he rapped and furthermore his impact on hip-hop. Kendrick Lamar says in this song with Rihanna, all I want is, all I want is loyalty. It is evident in this text that Jesus wants the same thing. Jesus who was born in Bethlehem and a lowly manger to a teenage mom. Jesus who had performed miracles setting free an overlooked population of people who were hoping for a savior but slowly losing hope and was criticized at every turn by the political and religious leaders of his time, Jesus. Who at the very mention of his name, crowds would form and broken people would be healed. Jesus, who took a raggedy bunch of nobodies, a motley crew of 12, taught them the game and made them leaders that others looked to. Jesus, who had gathered his crew in the upper room for a few final and very necessary lessons before his true glory was revealed. I believe Jesus looked upon these twelve who had willingly followed him, left jobs and family from him, learned from him, leaned on him, idolized, and each in their own way loved him. Jesus surmised to himself, all I want, all I want is loyalty. All I want is for my legacy to live in the lives of these twelve who will be left to carry on my ministry on earth. All I want is a commitment to the teachings I taught them. All I want is serving leaders who will accept those that most will reject. All I want is for them to do what I have done in Galilee and Judea in three years all over the world, now and forevermore. All I want is all I want is loyalty. See, the time for Jesus to be glorified and the mission of God to be fulfilled was at hand. It would be the most important miracle ever performed. The pitiful point of his purpose in the most treacherous time for anyone who had followed him. And though he knew the gravity of the matter was at hand, it was evident that the disciples did not. Jesus had taken both pride and personal gain in the room and honestly knew the disciples weren't on his way. Y'all know about their way, right? They weren't focused on the issues of the moment. Y'all, there were shenanigans in the upper room in the last supper. The disciples were jockeying for position. They were sizing up their importance. They were pontificating on the seating arrangements. They were pondering on the pecking order and pumped up in the moments that would follow, believing that if Christ be glorified, they would be too. They were graduating in the game. If I could use my holy imagination, they would have been taking selfies, sending tweets, going live, doing what was meant to, during what was meant to be a private and personal moment of worship and a symbolic passing of the baton. But for the disciples, it would finally be their moment to shine. And for one of them, this would be his big payday. You see, the bribes that Judas had been given to deliver Jesus to the very people who were seeking to destroy him would finally pay off. As Jesus looked at each of them and considered the stinking stench of pride and personal gain in the upper room, he knew yeah. it was time to wash the feet. Yeah. Now, before you turn your nose of a disciple, don't 
don't this upper room remind you of something? Don't this upper room sound a little bit familiar to you? To me, it sounds a lot like present-day traditional church. Today, it sounds a lot like long-time members sizing up their importance, ministry leaders pontificating on the seating arrangements, associate ministers pondering on the pecking order, and pastors puffs up in the moment. Selfies and tweets and live feeds and what are meant to be personal times of worship and the work of salvation in the upper rooms of Sunday morning church. Fame seeking preachers who glorify God to stand in his glory, greedy ministries looking for a big payday, misappropriating the tithes and offerings of struggling members so they can live the good life using their proximity to Jesus as leverage. Now, I'm not frowning on sharing your love and devotion to Christ on the ground. I'm not doing that. I'm not judging your earnest desire to be a witness for our faith by going live. Hope we're going live this morning. Praise the Lord. Some people need this word. They stay in bed too long. Amen? I'm not saying it's bad to celebrate your connection to leadership in or even loyalty to the body of believers in the church. You attend with tweets and Facebook posts. I'm good with the revival flyers and the love offerings. But some have taken it too far. For some, it is for the optics, the attention, and the accolades. For some, it is rooted in pride or personal gain, and we got a problem. We got shenanigans at the supper of Sunday morning. We got issues of loyalty in the upper room, and it's time to watch the feet, y'all. It's time to consider some lost souls. It's time to be visible and active in our communities. It's time to share our blessings. It's time to pray for someone other than our church members, our friends, our families, and ourselves. It's time to give up our front row seats. It's it's time to drop titles and egos. It's time not just to let the least of these in, but to teach them how to be fishers of men. It's time to watch some feet. Jesus, who grew up in the Jewish culture like most of the disciples, regarded foot washing as a hospitable custom when you had guests in your home. Because sandals were the choice of, of footwear during biblical times, all right? And because everyone walked wherever they went, and because the roads were dusty, your feet were dirty. And so when you would come to the house for dinner or just a visit, a servant or a slave would greet you at the door, get down on their knees, remove your sandals for you, and wash your feet. It's kind of like how we have to wash our hands now before we eat a meal. We just don't feel right. You know what I'm saying? But Jesus chose to wash feet at the end of their meal, the night of the last supper, to teach them a necessary lesson in loyalty. Jesus needed them to understand that loyalty to him meant serving each other and accepting those who he sends. Serving and accepting even those that will eventually and perhaps even consistently miss the mark of commitment to fellowship of and complete allegiance to Christ. Mm-hmm. Loyalty to Christ even means washing the feet of those who will one day betray you. Yeah. Tell me who you loyal to. Do it start with your woman or your man. Do it end with your family and your friends. Even sinners love those that like them. Right. Even sinners like them that love them. I'm, I'm saying, even, even sinners can be with the clique they with. But believers should be on the lookout for those whom Jesus sent. 
Those who have been walking the dusty roads of Sin Avenue, Hopeless Drive, Loveless Lane, and Tribulation Street. Those whose feet are dirty from trampling on every trick of the enemy. Those whose sandals are shredded with poverty, poor resources, and low probability for success. We should be looking for those who God says to wash the feet. But we are not. We are too busy looking for opportunities to show others how saved, righteous, blessed, and highly favored we are. We are too concerned for those who are our boo things, our fair-weather friends, and our followers. Or perhaps we are too focused on these jobs and these personal issues, these bills, these many other troubles of the world. And when I say we, I am not just speaking of me and you individually, because I'm in it too, y'all. I'm in it too. I'm, in it too. Uh-huh. I'm talking about the church as a whole. We are even falling into the prideful pit Peter found himself in in the Last Supper. It was Peter who, when Jesus asked, who do men say that I am, Peter replied, you are the living God. It was Peter who left his job as fishermen to become fishers of men. It was Peter, the rock on which Jesus built his church. Peter would not allow Christ to wash his feet. In the verses that come before what we read, Jesus said, Peter, I'm about to wash your feet. Peter said, no, my Lord, I don't want you to touch my feet. Jesus tells Peter, unless I do this, you can have no part with me. I think sometimes we present Christ as this superhuman, miracle-performing, death-defying, all-powerful, all-knowing God in the flesh so much when honestly he just wants to be introduced as one who washes feet. A servant to a sin-sick world, one who can take whatever is dirty in you and clean it up. That's the Jesus that the world needs now. Jesus said to Peter, unless we wash feet, you have no part with me. I am convinced that the truest sign of love and loyalty to God is washing the feet of those who God sends. So why ain't he washing feet, y'all? Because it's a dirty job. It's a selfless, lonely, unseen, and uncelebrated job. Feet washing doesn't get you likes and box. Feet washing doesn't get your face on a flyer. Feet washing doesn't get your name on the marquee. Feet washing sometimes is taken advantage of, used, and kicked down by the very people that are trying to help. Because the people that are trying to help don't understand why someone so committed to God would be so concerned with them. I know I got some foot washers in this room here. Foot washers are walking and praying with people that others have walked away from. Foot washers are taking care of ministry in the background, silent singing. Foot washers are sowing into the lives of others, never thinking what's in it for them. Tell me who you're loyal to. Do it so with your woman, your man, do it in with your families and your friends, or are you loyal to yourself in advance? Judas couldn't fathom feet washers. He was too busy looking for a come up. Judas was the money keeper for the disciples. Judas who walked with Jesus as he healed sick and raised dead. Judas was in it for the money, the moolah, the cheese, the cheddar, the guac. He was chasing the blessings that come with following Jesus. Too often we are enticed with the blessings and the favors that follow Jesus. Too often we come to church looking for a prophetic word that our bank accounts will be full and our problems will be over. Too often. Too often we are hoping for new jobs and new lives and new homes and new booze and new things. 
Too often, too often we are tracing the blessings and not our Savior. Too often we are too encumbered with personal gain. Too often we, we look a little bit too much like Judas to me. Tell me, tell me, tell me who you're loyal to. Is it anybody that you would lie for, anybody you would slide for, anybody you would die for? That's what God's for. And God indeed died for us. Jesus, who was God in the flesh, indeed was bruised for our transgressions and crucified for our sins. He died for things like the common. He died so that there would be no big eyes and little hues. He died so that saved and sinners alike would have access to God. He died so this morning, as God looks down on us, he does not see title. He does not see calling. He only sees commitment. He's looking for foot washers in the room this morning. And so as God looks down, even though I'm in the front and y'all sitting in the seat, he ain't no different to him. That's what the common is about. The common is about that we can all come in a room and kick it in our jeans and get to know one another, pray and love on one another, go through trials and tribulations with one another, pray for each other, and none is greater than the other. For is the servant greater than the master? Is the messenger greater than the one who sent him? Surely our loyalty should be to God. Surely our loyalty should be to Jesus. Surely foot washing is nothing compared to death. But here's the problem. You see, in order to wash from feet, something in us must die. Ego must die. Our will must die. Our wants must die. Our plans must die. Our way must die. Our selfish ambition must die. Our little funky attitudes must die. Must die. Some things in us must die. Us judging other people looking down on them because they don't look like us must die. Us thinking people don't know God because they don't praise like you do or cry like you do or sing like you do. Those things must die. This whole idea that there's a pecking order in the church and that you got big people here and little people here. Big churches mean more than little churches and big churches with big buildings got more clout with little churches that meet in the gymnasium or the elementary school that got more clout. Those things must die. In these last and final days, I believe that the people of God are looking to find His spirit anywhere. It could be in a parking lot. If Jesus is there, we are there. Think about the posture that it takes to watch. Feet. That's right. You can't wash feet standing up. You can't wash feet in Louis Vuitton's and Red Bottoms, ladies. You can't wash feet with the jays on, guys. You can't wash feet that way. In order to wash feet, you got to kick them heels off. You got to get that makeup, you know what I'm saying, together. You got to kick the knees in order to wash some feet, and this is the posture of humility, ladies and gentlemen. I believe that it was also people in mind that said, Be humble. Be humble. Be humble. I'm looking for some people that's ready to wash some feet with me. Washing feet is a dirty job, but guess what, y'all? Somebody's gotta do it. Look at this time. I did this time on purpose. Washing feet looks something like this. 
But guess what this towel represents? Come on, man. Before I got here and while I've been up here, what have I been doing with this towel? I've been wiping my face with this towel. This towel right here is my dirt. Y'all don't hear me. This towel right here is my dirt mixing my makeup and stuff we use to cover up our dirt that we don't think other people see, but they see right there. This towel represents that. And it is this very dirt that keeps us on the level with people that we think are beneath or below us. It is this very towel that reminds us how dirty we were when Jesus found us. It is this very towel that reminds us how dirty we can be if we miss a few Sundays and a few God times. It is this towel. It is this towel that reminds us that foot washing is very, very necessary in the world we live in today. Do I have anybody in here that's ready to wash some feet? Standing all over the building. Jesus is asking for loyalty this morning. He's asking for loyalty for those of us who have been walking in the way for years. He's asking for loyalty for those of us who just came this morning or somebody invited us. He's asking for loyalty for those of us who just made a commitment to Christ and don't think we got enough word and enough power in us to be effective in the kingdom. To wash feet, you don't need those things. All you need is a heart that is passionate and committed about God. Yes. I want everybody in here to close your eyes. Yes, Lord. Usually at this moment, we do the invitation. We ask you to come forward. But right now, right now, I believe that God has already sent some people to you. If we say that loving God and being loyal to God is to accept who he sends, I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that if every eye in here is closed, that God would begin to either drop names or faces in your spirit of people that he has sent to you. People that are hurting and that are wounded. People for whom may have never been to church and you are the only example of Jesus they will ever see. People who have been shut out by everybody else and they don't feel like anybody cares about or loves them. Can you see those people? Those people might be your co-workers. Those people might be somebody in your family. Those people might be somebody that goes to this very church with you. That's suffering in silence. That don't want nobody to know some of the stuff that they're going through. I just want to pray for those people right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for the example of Jesus Christ who, though he was all-powerful, all-knowing God, that though he was you in the flesh, God, that, that he didn't think so much of himself that he couldn't wash feet. God, we thank you for this kind of Savior that washed our feet when we were somewhere deep sinking in sin. God, now we have people in our hearts and our minds who are in that sinful pool that we climbed out of. Father God, they are hurting and they are needing. They are needing healing and salvation that only you can give. Father God, give us the courage to wash feet. Give us the courage to serve them, God, to meet them where they are, God, to call and check up on them, God, to pray with them, God. God, give us the courage to put down some some issues and some tension that may have happened between us and that person. To knock all of that 
that the enemy has put in the way of them really seeing Jesus in us. To be closer to God. Father God, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that you will create, you will create divine opportunities this week for some real conversations to happen. For some foot washing opportunities to take place. Father God, we pray for these people in our hearts and our minds, and we pray that you would already begin to till the soil for this week. And give us the words to say. Father God, let us be ever mindful that there's always somebody, whether in mind right now or not, that knows that we are followers of Christ, that are always looking at who we are and what we do and what we say. Let us be mindful that we are your example in this world. And now, Father God, if there is anyone in this room who does not know you, there is anyone in this room who thinks that their sins are way too dirty for foot washing. Father God, if there is anyone in this room who has thought about giving you a try but just hasn't done it yet, I pray right now that you would speak to them. And you would let them know that it's not by chance that they ended up here today. It's not by chance that they've been fellowshipping with the common. It's not by chance that they witnessed this word this morning. I pray that you would move on their heart right now in the name of Jesus. And give them the courage to come be with you. To give their life to you. To let some things that they've been grappling with die. Just to give it over to you. God, we thank you for this space of grace. We thank you for your word this morning. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.